Welcome to Cooking in the Dark. The kitchen. I will go to the kitchen. And although some recipes I cannot read, still I'm sure I can do everything I need. This show, Cooking in the Dark, it is the key. He's a mighty talkative Texan. You know Cheryl, she tells him so. I know Dale Campbell would like to welcome you to this hair show. Cooking in the Dark is a presentation of Blind Mice Mega Mall at www.blindmicemegamall.com. Holy schmoly, guacamole! Welcome to Cooking in the Dark, the show where we teach you each week that you don't need sight to cook dinner tonight. And now, here's your Cooking in the Dark host, Dale Campbell. You just freaked a whole bunch of people out. I did. I did. Cheryl. And a lot of people are saying, boy, he blew that intro, man. That's not what Cheryl said. (laughs) That's right. Cheryl's not here, y'all. She's not here today. She got a better offer, left us holding the... Man, just poop shows, you know, what's up with that? I'm like, man, no, no, seriously. Cheryl had had some stuff to do, and and, and bless her, man. She is uh, she works her tail off out there to serve in the blind community, just like we do on this show. And so, God bless her for what she does. I'm just I'm just giving her a hard time because she's not here to defend herself. No, no. So today I got Tim today with us, and and uh, the magic man is out of the box. And I know Kathleen Long's like, oh, it's Harry Bialabonte. He's heard you singing, brother. He's heard you singing. Oh, man, I got more fans than I know of. Yeah. You got another career waiting. I hope it pays better than this one. We get a raise every year. It's a percentage of what we're already making. You know, 100% times zero is still zero. Exactly. But we have fun, man. We have fun bringing you cooking in the dark each week. And boy, we got something special today. I'm experimenting with with this app called RecUp. You can get on your iPhone to do a little recording, and uh, it, it's working out pretty good. But, of course, I've got the magic man back here that makes everything I do sound great. So today we're going to be doing some uh, air fryer pork. These are actually some pork country ribs we start out with and uh, bread them and salt, blah, 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 and pop them in the air fryer. And then, then what else do we make on the back end? Oh, yeah, potatoes, right, in the air fryer. Simple easy y'all i mean make sure you look for a manual air fryer that way it has a temperature knob and a, and a timer knob separate you know some of those led touchscreen things aren't accessible and they're usually priced pretty reasonably so dale i think those- you should i think you should tell people just because a lot of people don't know what a difference an air fryer has made for you Bro, I mean, and you know this too, because you you got one. I I use an air fryer almost every day, y'all, for, uh, I mean, uh, Eggo waffles. I put my Eggo waffles in there, and I turn the temperature to 300 degrees, turn it on, and when I hear the thermostat kick that it's to 300, I know my waffles are done. I know they're perfect. When I do toast, I put the temperature about just a little under 300, because on my air fryer, 300 is with the the temperature selection straight up at 12 o'clock. I know my toast is right where I like it. Perfect. Zucchini and squash, y'all. We took fresh zucchini and squash over the summer, 
chopped them up into kind of big, probably oh inch wide, maybe three quarter inch hunks. Shot them with a little vegetable spray, tossed them in there with a little salt and pepper, and just let them go for about five minutes. Stirred them around, let them go about another five minutes. Man, they came out beautiful, y'all. The sweetness, the delicacy, they, they weren't overcooked and all slimy. They were hot, warm, crisp, and ah, delicious. But, bro, I mean, Candace and I, we went out for uh, her birthday dinner. We ate some calamari at this restaurant, and it was by no means what I would call greasy, you know? But it was. You could just taste it because we're so used to not having grease in anything we, we fry. And you'll see on the other side here when we do these these uh, pork ribs, man, they come out crispy, delicious. And, you know, and you do burgers in it, right? Bacon? You cook oh, bacon in it? we did bacon this morning in it. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's great. And the cool thing is all the grease, all the stuff that comes out of it stays right in one spot. It doesn't get all over your kitchen. It stays right in the basket or in the in the drawer that the basket fits in. It's easy to clean. And, like, if you're doing meats or something in it, it sears and closes the outside sears and makes a blockade man it doesn't let the uh doesn't let the the juices out oh it's it's fabulous there's so much thing i mean my dad bless his heart before he passed away he cooked an entire bone-in ribeye in his <laughs> i know man i was like dang dad i'm in i'm on my way getting i'm at, i'm going to the airport <laughs> to get up there and check that out but yeah so we've got we've got a great show for you today we're doing Basically, you can call them pork chops. I chose pork ribs because they're cheaper. They're country ribs, and they're a little bit cheaper than pork chops now, especially with the price of pork and the price of eggs and the price of everything else. But it's a it's a nice uh, cost-effective alternative. You're going to love it. So, Tim, family's getting ready to eat Sunday dinner. They asked the little girl, she's all seven years old, if she wants to say the prayer. And she says yes. She says, Lord, Heavenly Father, please, I'd like to thank you for these pancakes we're about to receive and eat. Amen. And her mama says, Julie, why did you pray about pancakes when we're having chicken pot pie? And she goes, I just wanted to see if God was listening. We know he's always listening, man. He's always watching. So anyway, y'all, without further ado, hang on to your seats because here we go. We're cooking in the dark. We're making pork chops, actually country fried ribs and potatoes in the air fryer. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back cooking in the dark. Now, here's more of the show with Dale Campbell and Cheryl Cummings. Woo, welcome, everybody. Welcome into the kitchen. Dale Campbell here. This is Cooking in the Dark, in case you missed that excellent intro. <laughs> so, this is kind of another one of those little dinners with Dale. Tonight, I'm making some pork cutlets. I guess we can call them cutlets. Man, y'all, right? Y'all notice this? The price of pig? Woo! Pork has gone through the ceiling, right? I mean, whoo. But one thing, y'all, to help cut these costs, if you check it out, they're called country ribs. Um, pork butt roast, basically, cut down into um, just big hunks of, of pork, like a big, thick pork chop almost, y'all. Really good. Check out the boneless. They have bone-in and boneless. I prefer the boneless 
And then when I get them, I have the butcher run them through the tenderizer. All right. Now, these things are great for grilling. They're great for cooking in the oven, baking. My grandma used to take them and line five or six of them up. Well, she'd boil them first for about 10 minutes. They'd get the grease out of them or extra grease. You know, pork's pretty greasy. And then she would put them in the oven, smother them with barbecue sauce, and bake them on about 225 for about four or five hours. Oh, y'all, it fell apart. It was so tender and so delicious. I still, mm, that's still one of my favorite grandma recipes when I have, you know, when I want to get down with it. But again, if y'all know me, you know I love tenderloins. Every time I go to Kansas City to visit family, go to church up there, whatever, tenderloins, man, sign me up. So these ran through the tenderloin, these these country ribs, these pork butt stick, chops, whatever you want to call them. They're called their slang name is country rib. So sometimes you can get them, and boy, they're long strips. You know, when I say long, about eight or ten inches long, and and about two inches in diameter, maybe an inch thick or so. What I got today was a bunch of cutlets, so I must have got the end of the roast. You know, the kind of the bare tail end of it. Because these cutlets were all about the size of a hockey puck, about three to four inches in diameter and about an inch thick. Tenderized, they squelled out a little bit. They came out a little bit bigger. But these are so easy. I've taken two Ziploc bags, and you can use a plastic bag. We're going to do kind of a shake and bake with these because we're going to fry them in the air fryer. <laughs> They're going to be delicious, y'all. I've got the air hair, the air hair, <laughs> the air fryer preheated to uh, 390. I've got the timer just set all the way over to 30 minutes. So let's get back here to our bags. I've got, to, get, to prep these, we're going to dredge them, our, our cutlets. We've got four of them. Our air fryer is ready to rock. So I've got a bowl here. I'd put one egg in and about a half a cup of milk, maybe a quarter cup of milk. I had a half cup measuring cup, and I did not fill it all the way up. So just a little bit. We just want a little slush in here. We want a little dredge so we can wet down our pork before we throw it in these bags. So we use them for everything. The only thing is they're solid yellow, so you can't see through them. Candace is like, I don't know what's in there. And to me, it's plastic. I think it's clear. Why can't you see it? <laughs> can't you see through that? Oh, no. Just open it up then. So in one of these, just in a plastic bag, I put one cup of flour. To that, I've added a tablespoon and a half of salt and half a tablespoon of garlic powder. And then I just kind of shook it up to blend it all up. The other bag has one cup of panko breadcrumbs, just the Italian. Boy, those panko come in all flavors, y'all. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to dredge a pork, a piece of pork. It's all pounded out. I can just taste that on a sandwich. Between two pieces of bread, y'all, with a little mayo with a little dill in it. Woo, or maybe a little horseradish. That would be good, too. Some lettuce and some tomato. I'll be back in Kansas City in a heartbeat, y'all. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take, take him out of that dredge. Now, if you get really good at this, you're going to use one hand to take out of the wet. Okay? We're going into the bag with the flour. 
We're going to shake it up, baby. Shake it up a little bit. Now, let me see if I can pull this off here. I'm going to reach in with my dry hand because this should be dry. It is just some flour now because where it was wet with the milk and such. Now, we're going to go back in this dredge. I'm calling our dredge our milk and egg mixture. Then we're going into this bag right here with the breadcrumbs. Shake that up. Let's see here, I had a plate over here. Whoop, where'd my plate go? Y'all do that a lot, put something down that just disappears, like what happened? It was just right here. Where did it go? I don't get it, okay. Now I'm going back in with my dry hand, just taking this dude out, making sure he's covered up. Oh yeah, that's ready to be fried. That's gonna be awesome. I'm just setting him on the plate. Now we're gonna repeat the procedure. I'm gonna speed it up a little bit here. I'm gonna do two at once. There's one, wet him down, into our flour, shake him up. Oop, almost went in with the wrong hand, y'all. You go in with a wet hand to that bag of flour, and you are going to be floured, man. Okay. Into the breadcrumbs. Shake it up, baby. I kind of lied to y'all, didn't I? I said we are going to do two at once. I'm just doing one. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. I changed my mind, right? You know, left, left. No, straight. Go straight. Woohoo! So y'all, for Christmas, man, my wife got me a sliding compound miter saw. I cannot wait. I went to put it together and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what this looks like, but I have no idea where all these little pieces and that piece and that goes. So I got a buddy coming over this weekend. We're gonna put that dude together. Woo! And then there will be sawdust flying at Dale's house again. Can't wait to get, man, so relaxing, go do that woodworking. All right, we're shaking up another one. Same thing, dry hand in, that's my left hand. Back into the mix here, get him wet again. So those breadcrumbs will stick on there really nicely. All right, back into the breadcrumbs bag we go. Shake it up a little bit, baby. Now one thing with these bags, y'all are gonna love the cleanup. And once you get, you figure out your measurements, you won't have anything left over. Shouldn't have, just a little bit. Now, if you forget the left hand, right hand thing, dry hand, wet hand, you you may have to add some more as you cook here as we're doing this because it gets stuck to your hands. Because you know why? I just did it. <laughs> my dry hand became as covered with flour. and my Actually, my right hand, you know, was the wet hand. It really didn't have that much on it. A little bit, but not bad. But you put a, mix it up. Oh, that was a mess. Because I took it with my left hand. It was supposed to be my dry hand. Woo! Put it in the bag and shook it up. And man, there was nothing but a bunch. A bunch of those breadcrumbs stuck to me. Like white on rice. They were like, woohoo! All right, 
Actually, I only had three chops. I thought I had a bag of four, but I misread that. So I've still got a flour mixture here, a little bit of flour, just a tad bit of breadcrumbs. Now, I wouldn't save this, y'all, especially if you're doing this. You can do this technique for chicken. If you're doing chicken like this, toss them. Don't save them. Don't save them, man. You don't want raw chicken all over everything. Just toss them. So once you're done, yeah, you just toss them. Works out excelente that way. Put them in the trash, and we're ready to cook. So our air fryer, y'all, is cranked up to 390. Now, everybody's got their own air fryer. I've got that old manual, and it has been beautiful. I'm just laying these in the in the uh, cooker, kind of standing them up a little bit there. Got one standing on one side, one on the other, and one kind of laying in here kind of flat. We're going to pop them back in. I'm going to let them go for six minutes. And away we go, y'all. So let me tell you some things I've done in the air fryer. We'll be doing them on the show. One of our favorite things during the summer was summer squash, yellow squash, right? We would chop that up. And when I say chop it up, the big fat end, the gourd end, the big bigger end, you know, I would slit with a knife and just cut it in half down the middle. And then I would take that knife and I would cut about three quarter inch hunks, chunk, 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 all the way up to the stem, all the way up. So the little, you get to the top, just a little bit, chunk, chunk, chunk. You know, with the bigger end, chomp, 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 you've still got some pretty big pieces, but they all come out to be about the same. And I do a couple of those because we did one and we gobbled it up. It was so good, y'all, and so easy. Air fryer was up to 375 is what we heated it to. Chomp, 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 made our chops with two, two squash. Put them on a paper plate, and I just lightly psh, 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 spritzed them with vegetable spray, dig it? Psh, psh. It can be olive oil spray canola, ola, whatever you get in the can, you know, whatever you have in your little spray can, just lightly spritz, no salt, y'all, don't do that, and then into the air fryer, five minutes, pull them out, and I swished them around a little bit with a, um, with a spatula, just kind of rearranged them slightly and slightly, so they'd cook a little more even, put them back in for about another five minutes, three minutes, depends on how you like them, if you like them soggy and you know, what I call slimy, like really cooked, you're wanting to go probably five minutes, about six to seven, eight minutes. You know, it depends on you, man, you know, and the exact time. Now, look, the timer on this thing is not exact. So I'm thinking we're about 375. We might be a little cooler, a little warmer. Right here now, I'm thinking we're about 390 cooking this pork, but we might be one way to the other. And I'm not exactly sure. It's all time. It's all guesswork. But man, do not get discouraged using that air fryer. Anyway, those yellow squash, y'all, came out sweet and succulent. They were hot. They weren't real squishy, you know, where it kind of mm, melted on your tongue type thing. But, man, it did. When you chewed them up, the, they, were, they were delicious. Perfect, perfect, perfect for me, you know. Now, I've done, uh, in the mornings, waffles. I put three of them in it. I stand them up around the, the side of the basket slide them in. I turn my temperature, my thermostat to 300 degrees. I know where that's at because that's straight up 12 o'clock, y'all, on my air fryer. I set my timer, and when I hear the thermostat on this thing kick, you know, when it gets to temperature on this manual one, 
you hear the fan kick on high because the heating element is turned off. So there's more power going to the fan. So it really starts blowing. When I hear that, ah, I know my waffles are done. So y'all, I've done some cool stuff with them. I pulled them out, slapped some strawberry jam on them, preserves actually, rub that all over the tops of them. I have done peanut butter over the tops of them. Let me tell you what. Now you want to get crazy? Do a little peanut butter and strawberry jam. Look out, look out. That stuff is good, man. You'll be going into IHOP saying, where's the preserves and the peanut butter? I tell you what, that was good. Then I've gone done the other side, man. I've done a little bit of butter and a little bit of syrup. I put a little syrup on each one and I'll put them syrups to syrups and kind of spread them around so they get covered pretty good. And then I usually do a stack of three or four, do the same thing. And then I cut them up, cut them in long strips and I eat them with my fingers. <laughs> I'm the one. And if you get it, if you do it just right, you only put enough syrup on the tops of them to give you a little sweet tooth, you know, give you a little taste, not sopping in it. And if you hold those waffles by the sides where you cut them, I make one cut straight down. About a quarter of the way through, I make a cut about halfway, and I make another quarter on the cut on the quarter, and that's it. So I got some, you know, little pieces, big pieces. But I've learned if I catch them on the edges, you can taste the butter in it, you can taste the syrup in it. That's what I want. But man, that stuff is so good. One minute and ten seconds left, y'all. We're cooking. We're cooking. Good stuff, man. All right. So we've had six minutes in here at three ninety. Oh man, crispy, y'all. I'm gonna flip them over just to make sure we're cooking all the way through oh i can feel them all seared up and juicy inside oh golly i need some bread i need a couple tomatoes i'll get my mandolin out we'll slice those up i've got some lettuce a little mayo a little horseradish in it Whee! dinner with dale's gonna be delicious tonight y'all so we're just frying these up they're gonna be delicious so again, you want to cook pork to 150 degrees, at least 150. A lot of people overcook pork, way overcook pork. You know what I mean? So make sure you're cognizant of what temperature you're cooking it to. There's my thermometer. I was looking for my talking cooking thermometer. Five zero, 50 seconds, y'all. 50 seconds. All right, I'm pulling a piece of pork out here. Let's see where we're at internal temperature wise. Whoop, turned it off accidentally. One forty-eight. Let's check this one here in the middle. One forty-eight, two. We're almost there, y'all. Couple more minutes, and then I'm out because I'm eating. This is awesome. All right, we're gonna go about two more minutes, y'all, and we're good to go. We're good to go. So again, y'all, um, these are called country ribs. And a lot of times they're a little bit cheaper if you get them with the bone in. But, I mean, the bone is kind of big. I mean, it's a big old hip bone. You know what I mean? It 
you can get a big old hunk of bone in there sometimes. So I found, man, I like the, the boneless. So this was a value pack we bought for the show. It was a, a five pound value pack and the bone in, if you get those, those are great for grilling. If you're going to be cooking them in the oven, low and slow, about 250, 275, buried in a bunch of barbecue sauce or something, you want to get the bone in for sure. But on the grill, grill them up like a pork chop. What I like to do if I do them on the grill, y'all, sear them on both sides for a couple minutes on high. Then turn that heat down or move them to another part of the grill that's lower heat and just cook them low and slow for about another 10 minutes. Again, you, our target temperature is 150 plus. 150 to the 155 range is excelente. You know, you don't want to get 165, 170. They're going to be tough, you know, because you cook them too long and too hard. But check them out, y'all. It's a great way to um, kind of cut some of the costs. And anybody notice the price of eggs? Holy enchilada. You talk about the golden goose laying the golden egg. We have real golden eggs coming out of chickens. Found out, we traced it back there. Apparently there was a bird flu or something that killed a bunch of chickens right before around Thanksgiving between, you know, then and Christmas, I guess. And man, kind of make you want to think maybe that's the people making the imitation egg stuff that <laughs> went out and killed the chickens off. Then I'm like, why wasn't there a discount in the price of chickens then if there was a whole bunch of chickens? I guess maybe you couldn't eat them if they died of that flu stuff. I don't know. But man, that was a mess, y'all. Woo, it still is. So I'm like, Ooh. my egg omelet, y'all, two eggs now, not three or four. <laughs> They're two eggs. <laughs> a lot more cheese, a lot more ham, you know, and not too much ham. It's all crazy. But it'll get better. It'll get better. All right, one more time here. Let's see where we're at. Woo, we are crispy. I, that would That feels golden brown to me, y'all. I don't know if it is, but it sure feels golden brown. We are there, man. 178, it said. That can't be right. Maybe I didn't have it in. Let me go in the middle, deep in the middle here. Ow, woo, hot. That might be 178. <laughs> That's more like it. I went too deep. 152, y'all perfection this is going to be delicious these are great just to throw on a plate and cut with a knife and eat up they are great and serve these up with some fried taters what we needed for this we had four well i'm sorry three pork loins now again we use we use these country ribs so we had four three of those and they were tenderized i mean if you have pork chops or pork steak you know three or four of those just do the same thing we did we had um there's probably a quarter cup of flour left over, probably about an eighth of a cup of breadcrumbs left over. And we started with three quarters cup about in each bag. So, you know, judge it, use that when you use it up. Again, the egg wash, we had about um, a little over, probably about a, probably a third of a cup of milk and an egg. If you're going to be doing four or five, six of these, you know, do a little more egg and milk or use that when you get done make another batch of it it's not that you know not that big a deal pretty easy to do but again uh just ask for country ribs butcher will know what you're asking for and then ask him if you can get take the boneless ones if he'll run them through better yet ask him if he'll cut you some about an inch thick and then run them through the tenderizer Woo! you'll be slapping your mama they'll be so good i'm telling you 
and you can play with the seasonings. Some people, when they come out, sprinkle a little more salt on them, like my wife. I like to taste them first before I put salt on them. Maybe I need it, maybe I don't. Maybe I'll eat them with some mustard or some barbecue sauce. Or maybe I'll just slap a little mayo with a little bit of horseradish in it and put them on a bun and eat them like a doggone tenderloin. Woo! It's all good, man. It's all good. Now, more of the show with your host, Dale Campbell and Cheryl Cummings. All right, y'all. Now, I'd mentioned making fried potatoes in this air fryer. Let me get this dude cranked up, turn the timer dial to 30 minutes, putting the temperature on high, 400 degrees. Let me get one of my flexible chopping mats out here because we're going to do some chopping on these here taters. So there's there's all kinds of things we can do here. Now, if you have that deluxe potato cutter, whoop, run these dudes through and you're making French fries or there's a couple nice ones. I'm getting about four. Ooh, that's a little one. That counts as a half. That's another half. There's five. Ooh, that one they should have let grow a long time. Man, if that was a fish, we'd throw this little dude back. He is, my thumb is bigger than him. My pinky's longer than him. That looks like a big old, big toe on somebody. Big old nasty big toe. <laughs> Got uh, one more tater there. So I've got about uh, about five or six potatoes here, y'all. And these aren't anything big. These would be perfect if we were making potato skins. And we might have to experience that, too. Tater skins are good, too. Sour cream, chives. Man, y'all, I've been growing my own chives, too. Well, my own green onions. We got some green onions from the grocery not too long ago. And I took the green parts down, cut all that down. Then I still had the root ends, so I just went and took them and stuck them in the dirt. Guess what? They grew. <laughs> I'm like, check that out. So did you know that Dale has a green thumb? Kind of a green thumb. But So now I've got green onions. Whenever I need them, I just go out and chop a couple off, just clip, clip, and uh, just let them keep on growing. But that bottom end, you know, they had the roots on them and stuff. So what I'm doing here real quick, y'all hear the water running. While I was talking about them green onions, I was uh, washing our, just kind of washing the potatoes. Because I'm not going to peel them. These are russet potatoes. I guess that was important. We should have told you all that. Get those there. Get me a little bowl here. So I can put them in after I chop them up. Where's that little bitty half, that big toe dude? We're going to take him first. So what I'm looking for when I chop these up, y'all, I'm wanting pieces that are about mm, three quarters of an inch or so, you know, hunks. I'm not looking to slice them real thin. So this little big toe here, I'm cutting him in half. And then I'm going to cut him in half again, long ways, long ways. Okay. There we go. Let me take this other one here. Now this is a little bit longer. So I'm going to cut him in half first, end to end. Try to split the middle if you can. And if you're new with a knife, this is good practice. And then I'm just going to cut this one into three, four pieces. So I'm getting some pieces, eh, maybe a little bit smaller than three quarters, maybe a half inch or so, chunks, hunks. Um, I mean, if they're different sizes, that's cool because they're going to cook at different rates in the air fryer, which you're going to have some real crispy 
and you'll have some kind of crispy. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good, man. These are so easy. Now, here's a big fella. This would be a good little baked potato here. I said little baked potato, you know. This isn't somebody in Idaho saying, that ain't a potato. <laughs> and y'all grow some taters up there in Idaho, but good night. Have to get a dang, you know, get a, a flatbed to move them out on. Woo! There's a restaurant down here. Let me cut that dude in half right there. He's a little big. And they serve a baked potato, man. That is a meal for a family of four. It, I bet those taters are at least 12 inches long and big around as your arm. They're huge. Oh, here's a cool, nice little one. That would be a great potato skin. Cut him in half long ways. Again, we're cutting them in half long ways, trying to split them in the middle if we can. And then I'm just kind of cutting random chunks. You know, not really. Okay, we're going to cut a little end off there, cut a little bit of the end off there, and then we're going to cut it kind of in the middle. Eh, pretty close. It's not rocket science, folks. We're not putting a man on the moon. I know NASA's in the backyard there, but we're not going to the moon with this one. Oh, that's a big hunk there. I'm going to cut him in half again. All right. So what I'm kind of doing after I cut him, like this was such a big one, I cut him in half. I probably should have cut him in quarters, half and half, long ways. So now I'm just taking the pieces that I've already cut down the chunks and cutting those in half. So we're ended up with some nice pieces here. And again, maybe half inch thick or so, maybe, um, you know, some of them are half inch to three quarters of an inch. There might even be a bite that's an inch. But nonetheless, these are going to be excellente. Whoop, look out, man. Y'all missed the boat. There's a couple pieces of stray potato laying over there. All right, I think we're down to our last potato. That means we're almost there. Hooray, hooray. Now, this was a fat one. He was short but fat, so I cut him in quarters, long ways, both ways. And the way I'm doing that, y'all, I'm just holding it. I'm laying my knife kind of across the potato end to end. I'm just kind of guessing, guesstimating the middle of each end and just pressing down with my chef's knife right through it. Now we're going to whack him again, cut right there. We'll make another cut right there. Again, I'm just laying the knife on top of the potato and then pressing down through it. Get your knife sharp, y'all. You don't want a dull knife. A sharp knife will cut you worse than a, I mean, a dull knife, excuse me, will cut you a lot worse. Oh, I got one more big boy right here. We're going to cut him end to end. Again, just kind of line it up. There we go, end to end that way. Now, this dude's so big, so I'm putting the flat, the part I just sliced, I'm putting that down. So we've got the curve up there. Yeah, that's about right, right there. Let's check this one out. Yeah, right about there. All right, we're on our way, man. One, two, three, four slices there on that end. Okay, this other side, one, two, three, four there. Woohoo! Hey, my air fryer is ready to rock. My potatoes are about ready to go. So, now here's a step you can do if you want. You can take these, if you have some bigger hunks, you can take them and throw them into the microwave. Put the whole bowl in the microwave for about a minute and let it go. I cut my pieces to where I don't think that's going to be a problem. Because, well, you know what, let's go ahead and do it so you know what I'm talking about. We're going to go on high for about a minute. And away we go there. Let me get some salt. I need a little salt for our taters. 
and we're going to need a little vegetable spray. Now I buy, um, I've got some olive oil and I buy canola oil in my sprays. I don't buy vegetable spray too often. I, I like olive oil. It's got a nice taste to it. And we're not talking Popeye's girlfriend, y'all. I heard y'all snickering back there in the back. Uh-huh. Cheryl, get their names. We'll find out who they are. We'll make them clean up after the show. Come on down. <laughs> you know, the best part about cleaning up means you get to eat, too. That's right. Get to the front of the class. Oh, now everybody wants to help clean up. I see. I see how y'all are. Yep, yep, yep. All right. All right. Put the knife up because we're done with him for this little bit. And then once these come out of the microwave, we're going to be pretty much ready just to dump them in the air fryer. And then it's just a waiting game. We'll just hang out and let them cook, y'all. Now, like I was saying, if you have that deluxe fry cutter, it cuts fries in two sizes. But you can just run them through. Now, you can also do eggplant on there, just saying. You can also do um, sweet potatoes, just saying. Heck, man, I've even done cheese, a big block of cheese, run it through there and make fried cheese with it or just cheese sticks. All right, so we've got our taters in. We're at 400 degrees. Let me spritz them real quick before we get to cooking real serious. So I'm just going to spritz the tops here. And I'm being careful not to touch the sides because that's a hot basket, hot basket. So I'm just kind of reeling them around a little bit. Now we're going to let these go at 400 for about eight minutes. All right. There we go. All right. So I will be back in about seven minutes and 30 seconds. I know y'all want to hear my beautiful voice. So there we go. So like I say, in that deluxe potato cutter works great. Hey, we've also got a wedge cutter. It's a tower wedge cutter. So it'll cut potatoes, uh, cucumbers, tomatoes, anything that'll fit down through the blades. It'll cut them into six wedges, six pieces, eggs. Uh-huh. Now you're hearing me, right, right? mushrooms, any of that stuff, cucumbers, mm-hmm, run them right through there. And then we've also got a fry cutter, a tower fry cutter. It's got the grates at the top, kind of set your potato on it, tap it with your hand, and then put the, put the plunger over the top and push it through, and you get sliced into beautiful fries. And then you do the same thing like we just did with our potatoes right here, throw them in the air fryer and let them fry. Now remember, air frying takes a little longer, and like I've told you before, look for an air fryer with manual controls. You're gonna get a separate temperature control, and you're also gonna get a separate timer control. Now if you can make it work, whoo, which is pretty awesome, you can find one too with a cool touch exterior body, which rocks as well. But boy, those manual timers work well, just like my crock pots, man. I don't want that electronic LED fancy jazz. Just give me the basic, man. Off, low, and high, and maybe a warm way over there on the end of it, depending on the crock pot. Those dudes will last forever and go on and on and on and on. 
And this little air fryer will keep it trucking too. You can set the temperature so easy. It's easy to mark if you need to for temperatures. But like I said, I know this one, when I turn the dial all the way to, to the three o'clock position, that's 400 degrees. Straight up at 12 o'clock, that's 300 degrees. So most of the time I cook right in between those ranges somewhere. So we preheated at 400. I backed it off a little bit. So I'm guessing we're about 390 right now. After we uh, let them go for this eight minutes or so, I'm going to rearrange them a little bit with a spatula, flip them around so they, they get repositioned. And then we're going to go about another eight minutes. And we're going to kick the temperature down just a little bit to about 375. So they'll still cook, keep on cooking inside, but get nice and crispy on the outside. That's all there is to it, y'all. Hey, we'll be right back. This is Cooking in the Dark. Do not go anywhere. Now here's more of the show with Dale Campbell and Cheryl Cummings. All right, y'all. We are back. So I want to send a shout out to, to Eric Nelson up in Kansas City. He's a, he's a new buddy of mine up there. And uh, for the show, y'all, listen, pork chops, uh, sometimes you can get a family pack of, of pork steaks, cutlets, that are a little bit cheaper. Sometimes you can find a pork loin that you can cut into chops or cutlets or just cook the whole pork loin, man. It's all good. But when I get these country ribs, I get the boneless, and I ask the butcher to run them through the, the tenderizer so it makes them a little bit tender and easier to eat. But again, we breaded them. We dredged them in a little egg and, and milk mixture and the flour. I put a little bit of salt in there just for a little seasoning. Put them back in the egg wash and then into the breadcrumbs and then into the fryer, man. And the potatoes, wash them, chop them up, and toss them in. If you want to peel them ahead of time, go ahead. But, boy, you really don't have to, man. They were so good. And cook them to your, to your, you know, how you want to do them. If you like them a little uh, less cooked, you know, and sometimes we'll throw them in the microwave and nuke them before we put them in the air fryer just to help them cut down on that cooking time so much. But, folks, check out an air fryer. If you don't have an air fryer, it is a beautiful item. It ranks right up there, Tim. What do you think? With a crock pot, with a with an indoor grill? Definitely. I got to say, I love my new grill I got, too. Woo! That's very cool. But, I mean, with those items right there, it eliminates some of the cooking over the stove and a much healthier cooking for y'all, too. Much healthier. What do you think, T-Bone? Sounds glad to good. Be out of the box? He's going to be giving Cheryl 10 bucks. Here, disappear. Go to the store. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let me be out of the box, man. You're out. I'm in. We're gone. Anyway, y'all, hey, thanks for listening. I'm Dale Campbell. He's Tim Cummings. And for Cheryl Cummings, who's on assignment today, this is Cooking in the Dark. We'll talk to y'all next week. We love y'all. AMF. Cooking in the Dark is a presentation of Blind Mice Mega Mall at www.blindmicemegamall.com. Cooking in the Dark was produced by THC Productions. Oh, yeah.